For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 278 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhardt. And our buddy Will's not here yet. We're hoping he will be available soon. He's getting the kids to bed, handling stuff around the house. If he can make it, he said he'll be here, so fingers crossed. But in the meantime, we are continuing our slate of special guests. And what a special guest we have for you this week. I'm looking at him on the camera right now surrounded by treasures it looks like the scene in the last crusade when indiana jones goes into the room and all the uh the cups are everywhere but if instead of cups it's he-man batman wrestling figures funko pops a nintendo 64 all stuff that my eyes are just glancing over all this cool stuff he's from one of my favorite podcasts not just geek related where they cover life love and geeky things but favorite podcast period he's our good buddy chris fresh from the Hello geek dudes there. yes <laughs> i am from the geek i'm from the geek dudes um awesome to be back on blue harvest one of my favorite podcasts um bummer that will's not here but look i understand kids are gonna kid and um yeah you know you've gotta you've gotta handle things at home but happy to be here with you buddy thanks um, buddy and you know Last last year, I got to be on a Mandalorian recap episode, and this year I get to be on one. And coincidentally, as Hawes pointed out, both episode five, mm -hmm. and way happier to be on this episode. <laughs> and both directed by Dave Filoni, no less. They, they were. Then, and, and just so people know, this was planned before the season started, and we didn't know um, who was doing what episode. No. Um yeah, so coincidentally, um, last year I remember watching the episode with Tatooine and Toro and everything, and when it finished, I was like, oh, "I love Hawes, but of all episodes, I've got a recap with him. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be as positive as I can about the show, and I think this is my least favorite episode. But luckily, you found the nugget 
of the sound. Yeah. Of the spurs and the buzzing of like, is this Boba Fett, which you were proven to be correct. And as we will find out today, you are the Star Wars soothsayer. Hey, man, I, uh, I'm pretty proud of myself on this, this week's correct prediction, I got to say. Like, it's not often I'll hear something like a prediction and go, holy shit. But I visibly reacted when that scene played out in this episode. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I was watching it with Mitch, one of my co-hosts, and with Jonesy, but I turned to Mitch, one of my co-hosts on Geek Dudes, and I looked at him and I said, fucking horse predicted this. <laughs> <laughs> this exact thing, like <laughs> exactly what I'm seeing. Like, how did he do that? Like, how does one's brain even go to that? But we'll get to that. Oh, you want to you want to know something interesting about that, right? So what's it's been two ish weeks that I've been floating that theory about how we would find out the child's name. And I said it on, I think the first time I said it is on, on like the little show that Steele and I do every Friday where we call yep. each other and catch up. And then I talked about it on Blue Harvest. Well, somebody who will be, who will remain anonymous because they've never emailed me before, emailed me Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving and said, hey, I think you're really going to enjoy the next episode. The child's name is Grogu. Now, were you mad about receiving that email? <clears throat> so, I wasn't mad because that's not the kind of... Spo like, if they had said, you know, uh, Boba Fett shows up in IG-88's... You know, if it ruined, like, a big, like, switch surprise. Like, I've known for a while, or I've felt for a while, that the name was coming. Be it this See, season I, or next season. I, I didn't. In I just thought they enjoyed the game too much. And there was so much media buzz and pop culture buzz about the term Baby Yoda. Not yeah. so much the child. Um, that I thought they'd be happy just to let that play out. And when it, when it was going to reach its end, then bam, hit the name. Yeah, and so... Uh, I, and the other thing was, I didn't believe it. I thought it was somebody messing with me. I had no... Okay. This was somebody I'm not familiar with. They're obvious a listener to the show, so big ups. Hey, sorry I didn't believe you. Um, Hope you're a Patreon. Yeah. But, <laughs> so I didn't believe it. And I even told somebody, I was like, I just got the craziest message. I'm sure it's not true. But they they tried to drop a name on me, and they said it's Baby Yoda's name. And then they were like, well, tell me what it is. I got to know. And I said it, and even they were like, I don't know, man. I don't think that sounds right either. And I was like, yeah, weird, right? And then, so, when that scene happens in the show, we're obviously just sort of jumping into it. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. But yep. when, so, like, when the scene happens where Ahsoka and Grogu are sitting around the lantern looking at each other, right? And I was like, oh, she's reading him with the force. I bet you she's going to tell us his name. So I had the immediate like endorphin rush of like, holy shit, I just got a cock of duty speculating right. <laughs> and then like, secondly, when she said Grogu, I was like, it was this wave of like, holy shit, it was true. <clears throat> yeah, because I, I had heard that spoilers were floating around and I went into shutdown mode. And I think I messaged you, Hawes, saying, 
be careful I'm hearing stuff's floating around. You did, and I hadn't heard about it until you mentioned it to me, and I'm glad because that then allowed me to go and mute like Mandalorian, Ahsoka, Baby Yoda, you know, you know, sort of mute terms that might popped up. So I didn't mm. see him, and I do, you know, not to take a swipe at this dude's, uh, you know, uh, standing or whatever, like wh whatever. I'm not trying to take a swipe at the dude that emailed me, but I do kind of wonder if maybe they just read the spoilers and were like, oh, I'm going to tell him Baby Yoda's name. Because they were out but, by that uh, point, uh, right? And that's what I was going to say, like, I shouldn't say this because it'll lead it to people doing it. In I'd me personally, I'd rather not know, and yeah. that's something that you should really go out of your way. Like if you're a listener of Blue Harvest, like you obviously like Oz and Will, and you like their opinions, maybe put spoiler in the title of the message email and give the dude the chance to decide whether he's gonna like let curiosity get the better of him and open it yeah and, or and i yeah. get it you know like from what i could understand from the tone of the email it seemed like they heard the episode and they were like oh wow he his theory is right He's even right. though they didn't yeah. say that part in the email and was like well i'm gonna email him about this be it whether they know this information firsthand somehow or they got it from whatever spoilers were going around i think that was the intent which like you know i understand it that's cool i appreciate like i appreciate anytime something in star wars happens and they're like oh damn halls will think that's cool but yeah maybe be a little more careful about it in the future <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I, and like it's only one of the biggest reveals <laughs> that the show has had um, we finally get a name, but um, I don't know if you're going to go through the episode from start to finish. I don't want to dive too deep into that scene. Um, but there was so much to take in with this episode. I, I was, I, for me personally, it was Star Wars Heaven. Yes. In, I was able to see, like, I'm okay with animation coming to live action, mm -hmm. as they always say, if it's done right. And I wasn't sure how it was going to go. You know, obviously, there's already been trepidation about the casting of Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, which yeah, which is a like that's a big bummer for me because I'm a big Rosario Dawson fan. Um, like if anybody didn't have a crush on her after Clerks 2, then mm -hmm. I'll be damned. Um, and shout out to Kevin Smith's very funny Ahsoka to mouth <laughs> um, tweet uh, uh, after, after the Mandalorian. But, you know, you can't dismiss um, how, that, how that would make anybody feel with that information. And, you know, it's, it bums me out because, you know, you don't want that floating over. But, you know, I think if, if you're just going on a purely actress casting standpoint, you know, they got a fairly heavy hitter in. Um, yeah to to play to play this character and this episode not only brought in a lot of star wars lore that interests me as a fan it had so many samurai elements oh my as, goodness and i know horse is going to be with me on this we love our martial arts movies and like I loved that. Like, if you're a Kill Bill fan, you had to have loved that. Um, 
and then like that going on as you've got a Western standoff <laughs> on the other side. And it's like there's so many cool things. I like I was on sensory overload from this episode, and I, was it the greatest Star Wars thing of all time? Didn't have to be. Like I know people go, I hate people getting too excited, and it's like let people love what they love, and also let people not like what they not like. Yeah. For me, this is what I like. Yeah. So you know, I I record these things for Patreon as soon as I watch the episode. And, like, in it, I was sort of discussing with myself, like, was that the best episode of The Mandalorian? It's close. And I think it is close. And the thing is, is, like, obviously, that's a um, subjective point of view. When I say that, I mean for me, you know? Just yeah. like my Star Wars ranking isn't going to be your Star Wars ranking, isn't going to be Mitch's or Will's or Jonesy's or Emily's or Robbo's or Steele's or King Tom's, et cetera, et cetera. Like... We're all different. We all have different things we like in Star Wars. But for me, this episode hit a lot of notes of what I like in Star Wars. And, you know, I, I consider myself fairly lucky, lucky that I do enjoy the Clone Wars and Rebels as much as I do. So to see sort of the progression of Ahsoka, because I'm also not above saying that when Will and I went to see the Clone Wars movie when it first came out in theaters, we left that going like, I don't know about this Ahsoka character, man. And dude, like I, I walked, I walked out of there. And for those Blue Harvest listeners that don't know me, I'm a child of the eighties that loves cartoons and animation. You know, like we were sold on cartoons to sell as toys. Mm -hmm. So to go to see a Star Wars animated movie in the cinema, I was more than up for it. And I watched it and was like, oh, I, I don't think I liked that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, but I was okay with it and sort of said to myself, I guess this just isn't going to be for me. And to that, I actually didn't jump in into, into the Clone Wars, I think, until season three. Yeah. I had to go back. And like the first two seasons I didn't bother with. And I think I heard enough to go, all right, I'm interested. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the real fascinating thing to me about that is when you read interviews or, or hear Ashley Eckstein talk about her journey portraying Ahsoka and all the animated stuff. When she got the job, they told her, like, be ready. People probably aren't going to like this character at first but that's going mm -hmm. to change. So to me, that that signals to me that they had, you know, maybe not a fully fleshed out idea of the progression of the character, certainly not, you know, ideas of rebels and, and showing up in live action, but at least an idea of how her character would progress through the Clone Wars series ahead of time, right? That they knew that she would start off, she would be a younger character, historically, because of the Phantom Menace, they had some evidence that maybe Star Wars fans weren't interested in a kid I, force I was user. Say, I was going to say, <laughs> ironic, really, that the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker would be a child that people didn't take to that eventually grows into a character that people would love. <laughs> right, right, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> mm. Um. um 
but yeah, I like, <coughs> and it, well, you know, Stinky may return. Um, oh, it's right around the corner. <laughs> Stinky didn't quite take off like um, Grogu did, but yeah, and there's just to go to the episode, I guess, Hawes. I don't know, you know, um, the Rise of Skywalker didn't hit the right notes for me, unfortunately, right? As a Star Wars fan, but I couldn't help but think of Ahsoka running through the burnt down trees and stuff of Kylo Ren on Mustafa. Yeah, but at I th- the start of the Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> and I think that was visually cool. But I think this mm. was better. Yeah, well, I was I was just like, wow, she's chopping people down. Yeah, hey, buddy, <laughs> give me one second. I think Will is ready oh, to be added. Awesome. So I'm going to go ahead and try to get him on the call. We'll be right back. All right, guys, Will is here. Hey, hey, buddy. I was just telling you, made it in perfect time because we were just about to dive into like the thick of discussing this episode man i can't wait that's what i've been raring to do since i saw it uh, later earlier this evening so uh we got some general thoughts out of the way but just in general what did you think of this episode buddy um i was just you know i knew that rosario dawson was gonna do a good job as ahsoka but i was kind of blown away by how good it actually was how much she felt like ahsoka uh how badass the the white lightsabers were and then like her shutting them off in the mist like everything about ahsoka was way more badass than i was kind of expecting um the fact that we got the child's name mind blown you know the fact that she doesn't want to train him like duh yeah no shit like (laughs) (laughs) um man uh, so let's talk about that opening scene you know we're all expecting Ahsoka to show up this episode. And then, you know, the title comes out that it's the Jedi. And we're like, okay, this is the episode. I was not expecting them to just rip the Band-Aid off in the first scene and give us an extended... That's kind of... No, go, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, an extended samurai film slash anime as hell opening to this episode of her just whipping ass, cutting trees yeah. in half cutting dudes down the lightsabers go on and off she's popping up behind people it was so neat but they've done so... that a few they've done it a few times like i remember even with episode one of season two it was like the marshal and it's like okay we're doing this yeah you know that's exactly right that's what i was gonna say when i almost interrupted Hawes. i was like rip the band-aid off like he said it like that's been the theme this season like put it in your face rip the band-aid off from the beginning of the episode every time yeah, if there's man, some I... sort of reveal I'm fine to take a Star Wars beating <laughs> throughout an episode. Dude, give it to and, me. And then you get a really cool payoff at the end as well. So, like, it's this nonstop sort of, I, I said before, like, assault on the Star Wars senses that I'm completely up for. Absolutely. So, one thing that Will and I have sort of discussed throughout the years doing the podcast is, you know, We've always said we imagine we can't imagine that someday we don't see a live action Ahsoka with as uh, as popular as the character is. Much like I always say, we'll see an episode 10, 11 and 12 one day. It's a matter of when, not if. That's kind of the approach I took to a live action Ahsoka. But the one thing that always made us a little nervous was how do you do the character in live action and not make it look silly? She looks cool animated, but. You know, an animated character doesn't always translate well to live action. Mm-hmm. Chris, what did you think about uh, 
how do you think how what did you think about how she translated to live action versus the animated stuff remarkably well yeah like it, it took me a little bit of adjustment to be going and i don't know if and i'm a, actually uh, to put it out there i'm a feloni fan so yes i'm one of the ones that <laughs> pray at the altar of feloni but um it felt the way he directed the episode in a good way sometimes felt animated if that makes sense yeah I, I swear you're reading my mind because I was thinking uh, it was like Legend of Avatar moment. Mm-hmm. Like there, when she went up on the roof, when she was on the roof at the end, when he was doing his final gunfight, it felt like this perfect amalgamation of, you know, anime samurai Western. Like it, there were some super Western elements in there as well. Yeah. So when I was looking at her, it was like, I know this is real and it feels real, but something about it also feels animated and that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could see like watching the opening sequence, you could easily imagine that being the opening of the Clone Wars episode. Right. Yeah. You know, just yeah. a much higher res, not higher res, but like, you know, it's live action, but higher production value. <laughs> man, I for someone who admittedly I feel directed the weakest episode of last season, you have to acknowledge the jump in quality from episode five last year to episode five yeah. this year. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of chatter. I feel like since 2012 when Disney bought Star Wars of give Dave Filoni a live action movie. And I was always, you know, I was of the camp of, like, I like the dude, but, like, you know, uh, that's not the, necessarily always the easiest transition for people to make, right? Yeah, so, it's, not, it's not what he does. Right. But mm. to put two him... very different processes, from what I understand. Uh, the process of putting him through, like, the, the Lucasfilm boot camp of having him shadow, you know, J.J. Abrams and, and, and Ryan Johnson on sequel trilogy movies and... And then have him direct a couple episodes last year and episode this year. Like, I think you can see him start to get a handle on the live action thing. And honestly, at this point, if they want to let the dude do a live action movie, I'm I'm all for it. Go for it, man. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of that sentiment when people say, and I could be wrong, uh, some of it is misguided, but a lot of that sentiment is also so put somebody in there that has a genuine love and care for Star Wars. And I think people think that that will translate into good Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily the case. Like we saw Tony Gilroy who wouldn't piss on Star Wars if it was on fire. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, do a good job with Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you can, you can see multiple cases for it. But, you know, I, I just watched the episode in the hour before recording this. And to me for the Mandalorian, it felt like the, it was the episode that the most felt like a movie. Yes. Very cinematic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and maybe it was the Kill Bill vibe, um, in the Japanese garden, but it, it felt cinematic to me. And, you know, this episode is stacked because not only do you have Ahsoka, not only do you have Baby Yoda, Grogu, sorry. It's going to take me a second. Grogu, yeah. you have the Mando. But you also have Michael Bean 
turning in a solid performance as like her head guard and yes. the magistrate who was really good. Like who looked like she did you not think that the magistrate looked like Dr. Chang from Lost? It look I could see a <laughs> resemblance now that you mention it. Also played Schroeder in Ninja Turtles too. <laughs> like because I was looking at it and I go, why does she look so familiar? And then it was like Dharma Initiative. <laughs> um <laughs> So, like, you know, I I think on, on at least an initial viewing, you're so overwhelmed with Ahsoka and white lightsabers and crazy cinematography and reference, and reference, Beskar. reference, and Beskar and Spears and all this stuff. But then on a second viewing, it's like, wow, Michael Bean, he did a good job here. The magistrate, who I thought kicked ass, you know, the first viewing, but was able to appreciate even more in the second one. Like, there's a lot going on with this one. And I feel like for a fairly new live action director Filoni handled all those different elements really well so can I ask you two I don't know if you two know the magistrate being referenced as somebody that lost everything in the Clone Wars and then sort of went off and started a side business that started building an Imperial fleet do you guys remember in the in the animated series was there any storyline that might have been this <laughs> family getting destroyed so I don't, and I was kind of wondering, I actually had a friend of mine, actually Michael Pappas, reach out and was mm -hmm. like, was that someone that we saw in Clone Wars? And it wasn't someone that jumped to, to mind for me. Granted, I'm not like, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of the Clone Wars series. I've watched it, but I haven't, you know, re-watched it a ton of times. Um, and then I, I feel like by this point, if there was a connection, we probably would have been made aware of it on Twitter by someone being like, hey, did you guys know that, you know, this ties back to this episode? So as of right now, I, I don't believe so. Um, so I, I don't want to start in because it's going to make me personally angry because I wasn't a fan of the movie's directions. But are they building a fleet for the First Order or the Final Order? I think they're building, I think she built the fleet for the Empire, like the uh, original but no, Empire. But, this, but she's still building. Yeah. Probably the First Order. I don't know, man. Like, as someone <laughs> Cause who... Because that's what it was like. I want to be able to go, she's building for the First Order. This is awesome. And I can't because then there was the stupid Final Order that negated the First Order. <laughs> so, the, you know, as someone who enjoyed Rise of Skywalker, I can even... It, just like I enjoy Lost and there's certain elements yeah. where I go, I have no explanation for that. There is some of that with the rise of Skywalker where I, I don't really know. <clears throat> um, Cause yeah, I just would love to go. I know who she's building the fleet for, but we kind of just can't put that together just yet. But I did find it interesting that she's currently building. Yeah. And so, okay. You know, we always start off with these, these recaps like being like we're going to go through the episode but we end up <laughs> jumping around and it's this episode is going to be hard to do that but not do mm -hmm. that with so on top of we get baby yoda's name reveal which we'll talk about in, in a little more detail because there's a lot of cool elements to that i feel like but another one of the big holy shit moments is throughout the episode ahsoka keeps saying like tell me where your master is and you know, when she first brought it up, I was like, she's talking about Thrawn. What I didn't expect. Oh, really? Yeah, man. I mean, I even turned to Jesse and said, she's talking about Thrawn. 
Um, just because Did you get that will. I didn't. When she yeah. when she said it, I was blown away. I thought uh, Gideon was going to come out of her mouth, but That's no. Like, oh, Thrawn. And he, they said Thrawn, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And that guy's around. So, especially at the start when she said page him, right? And I was like, "Uh oh." So this is the thing. <sighs> they, I feel like they intentionally made the end of Rebels sort of nebulous in its placement in the timeline. What I mean by the the end, I mean the prologue when Ahsoka shows up to pick up Sabine and they're going to go off and find Ezra. So the question for me is, at this point in The Mandalorian, has that happened yet or not? Right? Have mm. they started their mission to find Ezra and therefore Thrawn? I personally, personally <clears throat> feel like that it hasn't. Now, there's a couple of sort of goofier, just visual things. Like, when we see her in Rebels, she's got, like, the white robe and the staff. Obviously, she wasn't rocking those in this episode. That Not that that means a ton. And secondly, like, Sabine's not with her. Uh, so, I kind of feel like maybe she, whatever information that we assume she got from the magistrate then leads her to be like, okay, now I should go pick up Sabine. We have a general idea of where we need to head, Right. So I kind of feel like this might be right before that moment in Rebels, relatively speaking. <clears throat> Why did Bo-Katan know that Ahsoka was on that planet? Are they in constant contact? and Or has she been there for a while? Um, like, I, I thought that was interesting. In Like, is there... Because, Hawes, if, if there's a network going on maybe that they are looking for Ezra. They're all aware of where each other is at any one point in time because why would she know Ahsoka was there? Like, d does Ahsoka live there? Yeah, well, it, it, you wouldn't assume so. You would assume that Ahsoka no. went to that planet specifically, right, to, to get the to magistrate. To get that info of where's Thrawn, which makes me think that the hunt is on. Like, maybe they know that Ezra and Thrawn landed, whatever that means, and that Thrawn currently has Ezra. Yeah, and clearly Thrawn still has some sort of influence, right? Like, if felt if she has some connection to Thrawn and has any way of giving Ahsoka information on where he is, then if then he is he's not just lost out somewhere with no communication and or something, right? No, and even the term master is odd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very odd. Like, what do you mean? Like, what would Thrawn... Who, how would Thrawn be a master? Well, okay, so check this out. Something that King Tom pointed out to me that I didn't realize. On the assassin droids in the episode, they have an emblem on the side of their head that is the emblem of Thrawn's seventh fleet, which is the fleet he was in charge of. So maybe that maybe wow. she was uh, building, the, you know, the imperial the set. Maybe she's who built the fleet for Thrawn is what I'm trying to say. Okay. And maybe that's why he's her master or whatever, you know. <clears throat> and maybe she is. Maybe that's who she's building. Maybe Thrawn has some big plan where he's trying to assemble a new fleet. Um. And it maybe that's even separate from the fucking first order and the final order and the third order and so on and so forth. Like maybe that's the new world order. Yeah, the NWO. Like it's it's all separate. <laughs> Who knows? 
Um, can you believe, though, Will and Hawes, that we're even talking about this, about a live-action show, <laughs> that we're going, well, Grand Admiral Thrawn is the fleet here. We've got a little Yoda creature with Force abilities here. We've got live Ahsoka over here. You know, we'll get to this in a minute. You know, we possibly Skywalker could be getting paid. Oh, my God. You know, we've got Mandalorian here. Boba Fett's back and he's on Tatooine. It feels you like know, a fever dream. De yeah, Death Watch is here. And people are still complaining that Star Wars isn't hitting the right note for them. There's got to be a note there somewhere for you. Yeah. <laughs> like it's amazing. They hit so many things in The Mandalorian, be it, you know, the super fan service -y stuff which mm. I'm a fan of. Um, that's why it's called fan service. And mm. then they hit the super weird stuff. You have your frog lady and your frog man. They hit like really touching moments, despite a lot of kick-ass moments and Ahsoka and everything. There were some really nice character moments in this, specifically between the Mandalorian and Grogu, right? So like, mm. I, I feel like there's got to, you know, you you hesitate to say that there's something for everyone because there's not nothing's ever going to be for everyone, you know, uh, in a fandom. But you, I at least feel like they're trying to they hit are. as many as possible, you know. Um, and I I don't know how the spinoff shows are going to look because, like this one, I think we all agree. Like we were surprised to hear about a Boba Fett spinoff, mm -hmm. but this felt this felt like the this show is more about Ahsoka than what it is about the Mandalorian. Even though there was plenty still for Grogu and the Mandalorian, yeah, you can't help but want to go follow the Ahsoka story as well. And Hence, I, the yeah, and I feel like. And I was watching Steele's reaction stream that he did after the episode. I was watching that right before we started recording. And uh, he feels pretty pretty much the same way I do with this. The Leslie Headland series that they've been talking about that's martial arts focused. And it's set in a different part of the Star Wars uh, galaxy or timeline or whatever. That's more and more starting to feel like that might be the Ahsoka series to me. Like, especially after you see this episode, right? Like, especially the martial arts thing. So, female-led martial arts, like, I get the feeling that maybe that might be what we're looking at with her project. Uh, <clears throat> um, to Oh, and just so everyone knows, we're not bowling over Will. He texted me and said he had to step away from the mic for a second and he'll be right back. So, we're not just, oh. like, <laughs> talking over him and being rude. Um <laughs> I'm glad I was like, I hope Will's not um, waiting for me to <laughs> shut up <laughs> yeah. so he can talk. Um, you um, brought up the but, Boba Fett spinoff. And there's yeah. been a little news, right, in the week since we last recorded. And I'm going to be honest, I don't really know how to feel about it. So there's been casting rumors, and I'm fine with all those. That's, that's not where it is. But the, I know where you're going with this. The big rumor is that it takes place between his appearance in season two of the Mandalorian and the end of return of the Jedi. No, thank you. Yeah, man. I don't know how I feel about that because on one hand, I don't want to be the dude that's like, I've waited so long for this Boba Fett project and then be like, well, that's not the Boba Fett project I wanted, you know? Mm. And I'm, I'm obviously going to give it its fair due. It's fair shake. But 
correct me if I'm wrong, but if that rumor is true, we're looking at an, a Boba Fett miniseries where he never wears the armor. Or puts it on in the end. Or puts it on in the end. Maybe that's how it ends. But, okay, Hawes, to play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. right? And my fanboy instincts that wants a really muscular He-Man in a He-Man movie <laughs> and now wants a Boba Fett um, in the Boba Fett armor in a Boba Fett show. Would there, Could there be a marketing hesitation in having two shows with people in similar armor? Absolutely. And that's why they'd head down the path of Tamara Morrison's a really good actor. We can get away with doing this show without the armor. I absolutely think that's a possibility. And I'll tell you what, the the glimmer of hope in this for me is the fact that, like you said, Tamora Morrison is a good actor. And I feel like <clears throat> when people only base his acting ability off of the Attack of the Clones, they're not giving him a fair shake. Right? Watch once for Warriors. It's not a fun watch, but whew, he so, can act. This is this is my hope. If they do go that route, then to me the perfect outcome from that is years of people being like people only like Boba Fett because he looks cool, which admittedly was my entryway into Boba Fett mm. becomes null and void because you have a whole series where hopefully Boba Fett uh, you people really like Boba Fett and the looking cool element of the armor and thing is not an issue. It's not a, not even a factor. So you can't use that after that point you can't really use it as an argument right you see what i'm saying yeah <clears throat> so well look i like age wise tamira morrison is of a certain age so he cannot go too early in time right and i know they everybody goes technology and blah 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 but let's be realistic when it comes to cost effectiveness and how well they can do it and I love Rogue One as much as everybody, but I, t- I hear a screech in my head every time Leia says hope. Right. <laughs> and this um, is the it, thing. It didn't look great. With that de-aging technology, you don't see it done for an entire series or movie. No. For the most part. You know, in the Marvel movies, which I feel like are probably the best examples of it. Kurt Russell and Robert Downey Jr. and Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. It's done very sparingly. Granted, they did it for the whole movie for Samuel in um, <laughs> um, Captain Marvel. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it can't it but can be cheap. done, but that ain't cheap. Exactly. And as high budget as these Star Wars shows are, they're still not as big of a budget as a Marvel or a Star Wars movie. There's no way around that. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. It, it's a wait and see thing with the Boba Fett series. You know, the the rumors were not exactly what I wanted to hear, but I'm also not going to complain because it's something I've wanted for so long. And there's always the possibility, and I think a cool possibility, that they do this miniseries and it leads to him in season three or four or whatever in The Mandalorian, fully armored out, you know? Yeah, and, and look, who knows... Like my predictions and what I think were going to happen, like I can't be trusted. If you had have said to me at the start of The Mandalorian that this show, what this show is, I would have said to you, you know, one week he's hunting down Greedo, the next week he's going after Dengar, <laughs> the week after he's doing this. You know, this is what the show is going to be. Maybe, hopefully, we see Boba Fett at some point. If you had have said to me, 
he's going to find a baby species of Yoda, of Yoda he, it, that's Force-sensitive. It's going to lead into a showdown with an old Imperial that's got a dark saber. that's going to lead into Death Watch, that's going to lead into um, Cobb Vanth from the Aftermath books. You know, that's going... <laughs> To lead into Ahsoka Tano having a samurai battle against a Beskar spear, and she says, "She, I can't train this kid because of fear." I would have what? <laughs> like no way, like impossible. And here we are, and it's been a year. Yeah. So who knows? <clears throat> yeah, and you know, the way this kind of storytelling generally works is you kind of gotta up the stakes. So. Where are we in two years when we're watching season four of The Mandalorian? Like, that prospect is batshit insane with what they've already done in 13 episodes. So, mm. you know, and of course we will, from now until the end of the series, you will have your side quest, side track, bump in the road episodes, which I assume next week will be. He's not going to this Tython planet without some resistance of some sort. So... I. I I was convinced it was like once again we're jumping around. Mm. I was convinced that it was going to be happening at the end of the episode and until the credits rolled I was surprised and I've been waiting for it is and I know people won't want to hear it but Grogu at some point has to end up in Moff Gideon's hands. Yes. My question is does that happen in the next two episodes and then we get him being rescued or, or does it end the or, series with it or does it end this season with him yeah. in in Moff Gideon's hands and then we're like oh man we have to wait a year or however long <laughs> yeah for like how is the Mandalorian gonna get him back yeah um yeah I it has to happen like it's... It definitely does. I mean, you you have to keep up the idea that Moth Gideon Moth Gideon is a threat, right? So you can't constantly have his plans being foiled, like Cobra Commander or some shit. Like mm. he has to get in the occasional win for him. To I'll con- get you next time, Mando. Yeah, yeah. You can't just have that, or you know, eventually you're just going to be like, he's not a threat. He's nothing to worry about. So. I think you're right. And my question is just like how that plays out and when that plays out. Somebody has to do Mando dirty. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to be a matter of who. Yeah. And I see a lot of people floating the theory that it might be Bo-Katan and she uses baby Yoda as a barbie Grogu as a bargaining Mm -hmm. chip to get the dark saber. And like, uh, I hope that's not the way it goes because I like Bo-Katan and that would be a serious blow to my liking of the character. But I also can't discount it as a theory, you know? Um, she's They established she's pretty hell-bent on getting her hands on that Darksaber. Yeah. Um, but I was trying to hold out for Will, but Horace, we have to talk about the Force chat. Uh, okay, let's move to it. Because right. it features one of my favorite shots in all of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And, and that's her and Grogu sitting around the lantern with the the trees and the big full moon behind them. 
like beautiful. That is a computer background if I ever saw one. <laughs> yeah, it, it was number one. I was like, holy shit, horse is right. <laughs> As I saw that conversation taking place, I was like, I can't believe I'm. I know where this is headed now. <laughs> and how how did he know? I. I sent Hawes a very um, accusing text of who do you know in the production force? <laughs> who do you know? Because it was such a pre- specific prediction. Um, but he was he was getting trained by multiple masters. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the Clone Wars, when shit went sideways, somebody got him out of there. Who was that? And- and hit him. It was Kia D. And and hit him. And then I guess I I assume Gideon or the Empire, whoever got him out of the temple when they took the temple. Is that what did I get that right in that he was hidden in the temple and then he was taken from the temple? So and his memory goes blank? I don't I think he was so I think he was taken away because then she says, you know, it's She, he, like, his memory is like he was lost and alone. So to me, I kind of thought he was taken from the temple. And mm-hmm. my question is, in the 25 years or whatever between the end of the Clone Wars and when we first see him in The Mandalorian, like, what was his path? Like, he ended up with a bunch of um, bosks or whatever in that yeah. uh, in that place that mando and ig11 get him from but like what's what was the journey from there and so the bosks from what we can tell if we go from dr pushing's discussion in that hologram was they clearly got him from gideon because the experiments had started he was taken then the bounty was put on him to get him back then they went to restart the experiment, and Mando got him out of there. Okay, see, you might be onto something there, and you're you're approaching it from a different way than I thought, because okay. I thought the experiment started after season, sometime after season one of the Mandalorian, because we do see him taking a blood sample from Grogu. Mm-hmm. That's the yes. one thing he was able okay, to yep. do. So. I assumed that that was the blood that they were working with, that they were talking about, right? But you might just, be onto something. It just seemed like the doctor was too familiar with him mm-hmm. when Mando went to rescue him, and also, and attached to him. The you question, know, you know, he's only a child. How would, how would Moff Gideon know about him in the first place? Right. That's a good question. I think, like if he wasn't already in possession of him before the series, how would he know to hunt him down otherwise to put the bounty yeah, I don't up know. to get him? I, I could be wrong and I'm wrong all the time and I'm not going to argue against the beard of knowledge, but my assumption was that they had him lost him, used Mando to regain him. And then Mando in the end couldn't turn him over properly. I, my brain is on fire right now. Cause I had never considered that. And I like it. Like, I, I think it gives me and probably a lot of other people stuff to sort of consider, like an el- an angle that I hadn't considered before. Which <laughs> is why why when I heard he got 
taken from the temple, I didn't necessarily think he got taken by nice people. Because be. we know we know that the um, Pelps pretty much takes a big old shit on the temple just to fuck with the Jedi. He turns it <laughs> into the takes, Imperial Palace, yeah. Yeah, when he <laughs> takes Coruscant. So, um, yeah, I don't know, but will we get... Do you also do you think it's interesting that Grogu and Din have similar backstories? I do. Of you know, of I could picture um, Grogu having a flashback like Din, where there's chaos going on from the Clone Wars and somebody rescuing him and <laughs> flying away with him in a jetpack. Um, but yeah, so they really have bonded over without even knowing. Yeah. bonded over similarities. I didn't consider that. And that's also really, that's intentional and it's really cool, you know? Yeah. I, now, not to gloss over it, I know it is canonically impossible, but if in a couple seasons we were to find out that Kiyadi Mundi is who <laughs> took him away from the temple, I would feel like I was living in the sideways universe from Lost. Like that, but e almost even more so, just to chap King Tom's ass a little, I would love for it to be Jocasta New that took oh. him from the temple. Dude, <laughs> I I said that on Geek Dudes. Oh, really? Because Mitch was Mitch was like, who who rescued um who rescued him? And I was couldn't think of anybody. I said Jocasta New did. <laughs> oh my god, um, that would be so but, funny. But yeah, it's uh, it's um, it, it, there's so many possibilities. Of, uh, I need to see flashbacks of that. Like they can't yeah. just tease us with this horse. I need to see it. Also, it begs the question: like, if Grogu had many masters and was training as a youngling, does he speak basic? I was kind of wondering. If he can speak more than it's been led on and because of whatever trauma or what he went through, he doesn't now because, mm. and I've been kind of wrestling with the, not in a bad way, with the portrayal of Grogu through this season because it seemed like this season they made him a little more aware or sentient or something than I personally assumed because- yeah you know, because of the moniker Baby Yoda and because he seems like a baby, I kind of mentally uh, projected that he had, you know, a baby-esque grasp on everything. But then, you know, we see the episode where Mando is able to instruct him, sort of, on, like, repairing the ship and stuff. And so you get a feeling that he can follow commands more so than, like, what I would attribute a baby of being able to do, right? When, when Din says Grogu and his head turns um, and he responds to the name. oh, And they knew they had a hit on their hands with that because they did it like three or four times. They yeah, say Grogu. Love it? I wanted I love it more. It. I want an animatronic Grogu figure that just responds to you saying his name. Give it to me. Yes. I'll spend the money on it, Hasbro. Perfect. Like It's um, the bit... Now, my my wife and children also watched the episode with me, and I picked their brains afterwards because uh, my my daughter she knows a little bit more. But you know, my wife doesn't 
know anything about the Clone Wars and stuff, you know. So I was, she vaguely knows of Ahsoka. Right. Um, so I wanted to see whether she could hang with this episode and what she made of it. And she loved it. Good. And, and like, which says to me, they're drip feeding in complicated information in a way that if you're not a diehard, you can still take it in. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe it's not the best way to approach things, but I also think there's an interesting kind of neat element this season where they do drop something on you. And if you're not familiar with the cartoons, but you know someone that is, they have this really cool opportunity of being like, well, this is who Bo-Katan is, and this is why she's important. Like, I've actually had a pretty good time. My buddy Steve and his wife Cindy watch the show. They've seen all the movies, you know. They're, they're familiar with Star Wars, but they're not Clone Wars watchers. They're not Rebels watchers. So I've had a really good time on Friday nights and Saturday nights playing Xbox with Steve and being like, okay, this is what you need to know about Bo-Katan and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I think, while maybe not intentional, it does add this sort of fun uh, element of the more diehard fans being able to connect with the more casual fans in a really nice way. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I, I think I agree with you on that. And it's nice. Like, I don't feel Grogu fatigue. No. I definitely don't feel it yet. You know, um, I saw a Christmas decoration of him in the supermarket and almost fainted. Like, it was like I was a young girl seeing the Beatles. <laughs> um, like, or a horse seeing corn. Um, I was I was so excited nice. to see it. And the the it would be easy to be skeptical or cynical about this sort of stuff, but I think everybody's still in a really good place about it, of they're doing it well enough. Yeah. That it's, that it's okay. And I got to say, um, when she name drops Yoda, when she says, I've only uh. met one being like this before, um, he was a powerful Jedi master named Yoda or whatever she says, and they play, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. They play... Mm -hmm that slight little moment of Yoda's theme, like that's the good shit, man. That's the good shit. That's what I show up for. It's what I stay up till 2 a.m. every Thursday for, man. Well, it's, it's what, it's, yeah, it's what you want to, it's, I know people will say we don't want to hear that. You know, we want you, but is it really Star Wars if it doesn't feel familiar? And, I get it. Like, I don't mind you either, but that was a perfect little nugget. Like, even when Ahsoka, when Din says, you know, Bo-Katan sent me, you know, I'm here to talk to you. And she looks at, she looks at Grogu and goes, I hope it's about him. Perfect. Oh, like she didn't even, like, not interested in Din at all. No, and, and like... <laughs> you know, she yeah. did a really good job, like the switch from being like yeah. fighting for her life, which uh, she's assuming she's fighting for her life and everything. And then the switch to like this excited warmness or something to see. And and curious at the same time. Yeah, it was. I, I think that was maybe one of her strong, one of her strongest moments as Ahsoka in the episode. Will, so that would also, also, sorry. I was just going to say, I think Will's back now. Oh, cool. Um, 
He's I don't muted. Want to go too deep if Will's back. He's muted, but he texted me. <clears throat> um, but yeah, what I was what I was also thinking was, Ahsoka was around right until the end. She was not aware of Grogu training at the temple. So no. how many classes did they have? Yeah, I think that opens a really neat perspective. Now, granted, I think Ahsoka was a a different circumstance where she, when she was assigned a Jedi Master and Anakin Skywalker, from that point on, she was kind of off to the races doing adventures and stuff, right? So Mm. she wasn't necessarily around the temple as much. And I've seen some people sort of pushing back on her statement that... I've only known one being like this, and it was um, uh, Yaddlegate. Yeah, and was it? And they she didn't mention Yaddle, but if you really look at it, right, we see Yaddle in the Phantom Menace, and then never she's see dead. her. She's dead, my friend. Yeah, we never see her again, and Ahsoka doesn't show up until post episode two, so it's and- completely. I think you can see how she wouldn't. Well, I've always questioned, number one, did Yoda and Yaddle fuck? <laughs> number, <laughs> num- number two, we also know Jedi went in far-reaching assignments mm-hmm. on other planets. So it would be quite possible that you never cross paths. Absolutely. And she absolutely could have been killed. You know, we don't know that Yaddle was as powerful as Yoda like whether Yoda is a special case, whether Grogu would ever become as powerful as Yoda, you know, like we don't know anything about the species other than we've seen a female version of it, which looked horrifying and a male version of it, which also looked horrifying in the Phantom Menace with the original puppet. Um, (laughs) um, But so, yeah, like I get, it's easy to ask that question, but there's plenty more questions that you can go of. Well, it's not like Yaddle was running around in the, big battle at the end of attack of the clones no we never saw her post and i'm not um personally super familiar with all the comics and books that have released in the new canon you know i've read some but i'm mm-hmm. not fully read up so i personally don't know the status or the story the official canon story of what is up with yaddle so i think that's easy enough to explain ahsoka had plenty of interactions with yoda through the clone wars and stuff so that's you know and in hindsight, when George was putting together the Jedi Roundtable, it was probably a mistake to just chuck in a female Yoda. Like, just not, I've got no issue with there being different genders of this <coughs> mythical character, but I'm just saying, just only having one of this particular species mm-hmm. would have been far more interesting. Well, be it male or female. If you, if you add her, but then. Don't ever. She has no dialogue. You, she's just in the background. They, you know, she's mm-hmm. toys and visual guides and showed up in comics and stuff, I believe, back in the day. But like, they never did anything with Yaddle, and that mm-hmm. that's always been a little weird to me. And I don't know if that was George being like, "We'll just throw a, a female of the species in the background, and everybody like will go Yaddle. crazy for it," you know, or. Is it like, did he have plans for it and then things changed because so many things changed throughout the 
the prequel trilogy, like through the production of all the movies? I don't really know. Um, so who, Hawes, who named Grogu? If, In the creative process, who named who named Grogu? I don't know for sure, but I kind of feel like maybe it was Favreau. Mm. And how is it that for a year now, Steele has been calling him Yoju, which isn't that far off? It, it that was the other thing that annoyed me slash blew my mind. <laughs> um, only because I could hear his ridiculous, over-the-top loud laugh at himself of he would have been rapt that it was so close to Yoju. Um, so strange. Uh, it's like, just... so... It's just just really <laughs> odd. Um, but, like... So, we're going to take... We're going to get to this planet. We're going to climb the mountain... And we're going to, it sounds like Elf as he's going through the candy cane forest and across the thing as he's going to New York City. Um, as we're getting Grogu and we're going to sit him atop this thing and at 2.22 a.m. <laughs> the moon's going to hit and Grogu's going to send out a force wave and hopefully a force sensitive will pick up on it and come seek him out, which is quite the, quite the feat that needs to happen. Right. Um, my head, I know a lot of people are going to go impossible. My head went Skywalker. Immediately. Will, are you back, buddy? Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay, yeah. so do you know what we're talking about? I missed the last couple seconds. Okay. So, when Ahsoka, at the end of the episode, right, Ahsoka, um, you know, doesn't take Yoda or Grogu right. um, and tells him, you need to go to Tython, and there's uh, an ancient temple that uh, has a strong connection to the Force. Place him on the Seeing Stone at the top of the mountain and have him reach out with the Force, and if he connects for somebody, they'll seek him out. Yeah, and, if, he, if he can connect with the Jedi, they'll come to him, yeah. And Chris and I both had, he just explained it, and I had the same reaction watching the episode night last night. Luke, right? Is that where yeah, your mind I mean, went? That's is is Tython the planet he's on? No. Okay. No. We don't know. No. Uh, so, I'm, so uh, that's right. This is like five years post. Right. He, Return of the Jedi. He's a young man. Yeah, and at this point, he's most likely still sort of traveling the galaxy, looking for Jedi artifacts, learning about the history of the Jedi and things like that. I don't even believe. Ben Solo is in his care at this point. Well, have you two, you two would have played this and know better than me. I know there was in, like, Luke's in Battlefront. Yes. Right. When is Battlefront set? So, Battlefront 2 ends with the Battle of Jakku, which is a year oh, or so. Okay. So, yeah, this, the events of Battlefront 2, when we see them, will have already happened at this point um, by a few years, I would say. So, this is another one of those things, man, where I would have never even thought it was a possibility. I would have just said, yeah, Luke's out there somewhere. They're just going to skate around the issue. The, in fact, if you had asked me before the first season premiered, I would have said there's no need to bring him in. It's a show about a Mandalorian bounty hunter. What does that have to do with the Force? Mm. But then you introduce uh, a baby of Yoda species, and things unfold as they have in it. I 
think it is a legitimate possibility that Luke Skywalker becomes a factor in this show going forward. And that's I mean, fucking crazy. I mean, it has crazy. to be, right? <clears throat> um, so, or here's one. It completely just, it won't happen, but Thrawn uses Ezra to bait him. Uh, I mean, I don't even know that you can rule that out, right? Because... It's, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. Right. Not impossible, maybe improbable, but I don't even think you can say that. Easier think- to cast than Luke. It could go the other way. Thrawn could use the child to bait Ezra. Yeah, I think they're still together, though. I mean, obviously, oh, you don't Thrawn know for Ezra? sure. Um, but I, that's what I would assume, is that they're still together post-Rebels. Maybe they point. emerged together as some hideous two-headed creature <laughs> from oh their God. trip across space. Like and, Rick and Morty. And they're, and they're doing, uh, they're commentating pod races. Uh, yeah, yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. <laughs> man, I, I, so I can just imagine a scene where, you know, there's been the big battle. They're in the clear. Mando climbs this big mountain, sets baby Yoda on the seeing stone, and we see him reach out with the force. And then the camera pulls back. It does like a wipe or something. And we see Luke Skywalker from behind. No face reveal. But it's clear, you know, by the way he's dressed. Maybe we even get a a little hint of the binary sunset from A New Hope. Because, I mean, you want to talk about a chills moment if they pull that out in the show. Or the Force theme or any of those classic John Williams moments that you would associate with Luke. And then the episode or the season ends. Like, that is a bombshell, right? That is That outdoes Moff Gideon cutting his way out of a TIE fighter with a Darksaber, which was fucking cool as it is. Yeah. You, you just can't help but feel, I know it's a bummer. But let's be honest, Grogu's dead. Like, if you think of the sequels, like, and you think of how he ages, time. yeah, and you think of how he ages, where the fuck is he? Where is he, horse? I don't like that's That's been my one thing about the idea of them taking him to Luke is like, if that's how it goes. You want to know the truth? That's how I felt about Ahsoka before they before uh, she just kept sticking around yeah i i honestly feel like even if luke skywalker shows up like i feel like grogu's destiny is with the mandalorian like maybe even luke refuses to train him maybe luke feels like he's not ready because we know he doesn't take apprentices and stuff for a while right like isn't ben his first and it's still a little while so yeah, and it's still a little while before he he takes Ben on. So So is Ahsoka the first live action proof that there was more Jedi out in the galaxy aside from Luke? I think so. And See, she I don't know because she's not a Jedi. Like we keep yeah, going back right, to this. Yeah. Well, she even says like there's not a lot of us left or there's not a lot of Jedi left or something. So to me, that mm. acknowledges that there's more out there's there. There's at least, there's at least a handful. I mean, is what it sounds like. Um, so she'd have to sense Luke. That's the big question, right? Like, yeah, we've talked about this before. Like you would think in the galaxy. And 
there are it seems like such a layup there's so many cool story opportunities of having luke skywalker meet his dad's jedi apprentice that they want to explore that one day right and i I always thought it would be a book right i always thought it would be a Mm. book or something like that but i don't think we can assume anything but what it could end up being at this point because things are Uh, getting so fucking crazy do you know what would have been an amazing series if we were if we were young and things like ahsoka sitting luke down and telling stories of anakin her and kenobi in the clone wars as live action oh my goodness oh my goodness now that would have been a clone wars series yeah um so I don't know, man. What did you guys feel about her um, little reference to Anakin? I thought that was really well done and not as on the nose as it could have been. It it makes sense as to why she feels the way she does and why she refuses to train him. Yeah. And let's be honest. We've seen Grogu in action. Mm -hmm. I'm not training him. (laughs) Like like, that, that, that little fucker will choke you. Yeah. Eat eggs, like yeah. eat eggs. Will like steal, steal your balls. Like, <laughs> it, like he, he, he is nothing but trouble. But it is what we felt about Luke is that love and attachment is should not be something that stops you from being trained and becoming a Jedi. Right. Right. So but I don't she know. Obviously, so, so she feels strongly in the old ways of no, it's a bad thing. Yes. Yes. And I, you know, I'm not even still, I'm not convinced that her approach to it is the correct one. Right. I I think that's kind of the story of the prequels is that the Jedi were not correct in all their, like the prequels are about in, in a way how the Jedi's approach to things was not the correct approach. Right. Um, when you see the Jedi in the prequels, they're not what I always assumed the Jedi would be. You know, there hmm. we're we're seeing the by the Phantom Menace, we are seeing the beginning of the downfall of the Jedi. Like they're messing up. They get involved in this war they shouldn't be involved in and all kinds of stuff. So um <clears throat> I just you know, I think it would have been real easy for her to say, like, I've seen what happens to the best of us when we have these kind of attachments. My master was Anakin Skywalker, and he became Darth Vader, you know what I'm saying? They could have been way yeah. on the nose with it. And instead, they just, they did it how they did. And I think that's such a great approach to um, uh, approaching that. Um, but, uh, okay. So, Will had to step away again, just so everybody knows. Um, one more thing I want to hit before we get to the voicemails and stuff, because I'm sure... We got a bunch. We'll get as many to, to as many as possible. I knew this was going to happen as soon as the episode dropped. I was like, oh, we're going to get a bunch of emails and voicemails. Um, the spear, the the uh, best car spear. Mm. <clears throat> so, you know, my theory going into this episode was that we were going to see a lightsaber battle between Moff Gideon and Ahsoka because the dude has a lightsaber. She has a lightsaber or two lightsabers. And that just sets it like I just thought that that was the perfect way to set it up. Obviously, that didn't happen. But I think it's pretty clear what's going on now 
is that we will see Din using the spear versus Moff Gideon with the Darksaber. See, I didn't get that only because I was maybe, I still have melting it down in my mind. Um, but it just seems too cumbersome to carry around. Yeah, I mean, it is big. It is a big spear. And it just, like, I, and it comes down to, like, sort of like um, maybe a bit of a, like, a simple-minded approach to it, like not thinking mm. broad enough. But, like, you have a guy with a lightsaber. You want to yeah, see I him have it. some kind of duel. <clears throat> and obviously Din's armor can withstand a lightsaber. We see that this episode. So when was that introduced, Hawes? Like, when, when did we learn that Beskar was like lightsaber resistant i can't remember a specific incident where we in uh where we see that in the clone wars but there is that part in rebels where sabine finds the dark saber and kanan starts to train her right mm -hmm. and they sort of establish that mandalorian armor is specifically built to combat uh, jedi right like yep like even to the point where some of it is like meant to mimic Jedi powers. Like you, you know, they have the jetpack so they can yeah. fly or jump high and stuff like that. So I would say that's probably when, but even in that, I don't know that we actually saw lightsaber meet armor. I could be wrong. And, and if I am someone, please let me know a specific. Did you, did you like that Ahsoka chose not to use her force powers in the battle? I love lightsabers. So seeing her like, uh, you know, fully, uh, fully mm. rely on that, I thought was pretty cool. I think it made for a more interesting fight. So yeah, yeah, I was pretty down yeah. with that. Yeah, I like people said that fight went for too long, and it's like not for me. No, uh, no, and I, it, was, I, lo I love that stuff. It being intercut with his standoff with Michael Bean, I thought was cool, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm glad that they didn't just go into a straight up like you know shoot out in the in the streets like it had that element where he was like who thinks gonna win and then like you hear the battle end and he's like looks like you won and and that stuff and he tries to fake him out i thought that was a cool approach i did and i'd like to give a sh i'd like to give a shout out to the droid that climbed up onto the roof and did the flip yeah. the unnecessary <laughs> flip as he got to the top and it was like if i could do a flip that's exactly what i'd do <laughs> yeah man i thought those droids were really cool apparently a mm. uh another unused Macquarie design still finding <laughs> finding those things to pull out never right. gonna be finished no man that dude had a lot of work he did for star wars that didn't get used all and right. masters of the universe for the movie yep i yes, did sir. not know that that's cool mm -hmm. i didn't know that and i watched the he-man documentary I'm pretty sure that there was a payment issue too, which is very Masters of the Universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Canon Films. Man, but a quick digression before we get into voicemails and stuff, but the concept they had for the sequel to that movie where He-Man oh. comes back to Earth and is a college football, football quarterback. Brutal. That's Just dodging brutal. a bullet right there, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, and we'll never get the new movie, so we'll never yeah, see we another will. Master Universe movie. Yeah, we will, buddy. Mm -hmm. Come on, man! I called, I called the the naming of Baby Yoda. You got to trust me on this one. We'll get that Masters of the Universe movie. Hope, <sighs> as Princess Leia said at the end of Rogue One. Um, 
Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, no, no, there you go. Um, they Macquarie did a heap of artwork um, and they ended up going with somebody else because they didn't want to pay for it. Dirty, dirty. Yeah. <laughs> hey, He-Man, uh, I'll have to send you a picture of He-Man. You'll piss yourself laughing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy, let's uh, let's jump into voicemails and hear what some, uh, cool. some fe- people thought about the episode and stuff. So let me get those loaded up and we'll get to that. Cockhead, the only Jedi master who can crash box. Kitty, cockhead, running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty, cockhead, to stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty, cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead! Ruhurt! Cockhead! Harsberger! Cockhead! Will Witten! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! K&D! Cockhead! Cockhead! All right. Our first one this evening is from the king of all Toms, King Tom Chansky. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey there, Hawes and Will and Chris Fresh. Really looking forward to seeing what you guys thought about this week's Mandalorian. I thought it was a really great episode with some really good action and character moments and reveals. And there there are a lot of exciting things on the horizon for Star Wars and the Mandalorian. And I like where they're going with uh, Grogu, Baby Yoda if you will. I'm not happy with the Rosario Dawson casting, and I thought they could have done a lot better with that, um, but I, I hope they learn their lesson in the future. But that that's not why I'm sending in this voicemail. This voicemail is kind of inspired by the man who loves Christmas more than anyone else I know, Mr. Chris Fresh. So, I have a question. Um, you know, back when, during May 4th, that's Christmas to a lot of us Star Wars fans. And that back then, we got a lot of interesting announcements from Lucasfilm. They gave us the official announcement of the um, Leslie Headland show, of the Taika doing a Star Wars movie, and a few other things. But suppose Lucasfilm were to do something else similar to that this Christmas. If they were to give you your fan dream come true, because, you know, the, the Taika movie and hearing that they were officially doing a Leslie Headland series, even though we got no information about it, that was that was awesome but what if they were to follow that up this year with an announcement on christmas day of your dream star wars project what would it be uh mine mine would be the ryan johnson trilogy and an official announcement of that or an official second announcement confirming it saying when they're going to get everything started and underway but i want to know you know we we all have different things we like in star wars i I can guess what some of them might be but i'd I'd like to know what would your star wars dream projects be that you want for christmas anyway thanks a lot thanks for the great podcast and i'll talk to you later all right chris buddy why don't you kick that one off what would be your dream star wars announcement a big props for the christmas shout out from king tom number (laughs) one um well 
it kind of felt like Star Wars Christmas, didn't it? <laughs> Watching it the Mandalorian. Did. I don't want to cheat. But, you know, like, we're going to see live-action Thrawn, um, which is pretty damn amazing. Um, what would I... What would I really like to see? I don't know. I'm terrible at this stuff because I sort of, I like seeing what they're going to give us and then analyzing what they've given us as opposed to having demands and expectations because it always leads to being a bit of a bummer. Like um, King Tom, we're getting Boba Fett absolutely was on my list. Um, You know, we're getting to see Ahsoka play out in live action on my list. You know, there's a rumbling in the air of Luke Skywalker would have been on my list you know grand admiral Thrawn absolutely was on my list like um i i feel like my christmas stocking's pretty full yeah yeah we're it's sort of a, uh, experiencing an embar- embarrassment of riches this year with the Ma- mandalorian which was i mean come on after this shitty year it's been real nice <laughs> i gotta say um will yeah. are you back buddy yeah can you hear me yeah man what's your uh dream star wars project if they were announced one on christmas day this year and you were like that is a dream come true what would that be for you uh probably skywalker jedi academy Mm. project yeah that's a good one that would that just what i want to see really bad or episode 10 like those would both be up there for me um, I think mine, so obviously I'm not going to say the Boba Fett thing. It looks like we're getting that, but that's like, that's the easy answer for me. So for me, since we're in this season of Star Wars reintroducing all this EU stuff, like Thrawn has been animated and looks like we're going to get him live action one day soon. Um, my, what I'm going to say is either... Knights of the Old Republic or um, Tales of the Jedi. Oh, wow. I love ancient Star Wars stuff. And I don't want a direct adaptation of any of those projects or either of those projects. But if they were to take the core characters and concepts and rework them into a movie or a Disney Plus series, I would be very happy. Oh, here. (laughs) Actually, Hawes, apart from because I don't think we got it with resistance. It wasn't what it would be, but an animated ship show mm-hmm. um, would be awesome. Like, and I don't think we quite got there with resistance. It wasn't quite what it was, but as my tribute to King Tom and a few others, I'd like the live action adaption of Darth Plagueis. Mm, that could make, be Make awesome. Plagueis canon. Ooh. Like, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the Plagueis story. It could and, be like a not. I mean, as close as you want to get to rated R Star Wars, that would be cool. Recast young Pelps, mm-hmm. um, training underneath him. You know, I always liked as he was described as a handsome redheaded ladies man, um, which don't usually go together um, for gents. Sorry to all the redheaded male <laughs> Blue Harvest listeners, um, but I've got a red beard. Um, but yeah, I I, th- I think that could be interesting as well. Uh, I think that's a pretty good one, too. <clears throat> All right. Let's hear from Intercontinental Tom now. And we're trying to get mm. through these as soon as we're not getting through all these guys. And I apologize. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> what can I say? Uh, this is Tom in Sweden. <laughs> what an amazing episode. Loved it. 10 out of 10. You guys, I guess, have discussed it in detail already, so I'm not going to add too much, but I thought it was fantastic. I, I mean, it's so great that they got Ahsoka so right because if Leslie Headland's show does turn out to be an Ahsoka show, then we're off to a good start already. Yeah, I loved it. Um, it's actually, like, it's funny. Like, I, it's kind of nice to see Corey and Noah and their whole generation go crazy for this stuff because Ahsoka's who they grew up with. I understand how uh, invested and how emotional they get, but I was shocked by how emotional I got. This is the, 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 the like, full-blown ugly crying <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> Especially when, like, she was just, you know, sitting quietly and communing with... Uh, uh, Yoju no more. <laughs> yeah, I like the new. I like the name. I thought that was great. So anyway, it was awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to, yeah, say that basically. Here's a little little question, um, just to finish off. Uh, so we have the Siege of Mandalore, we have the Purge, and we have the Night of a Thousand Tears. I I'm a little bit confused, but let me tell me if this is right. Siege of Mandalore, we saw in the Clone Wars. The Purge happened during the reign of the empire and we haven't seen that yet and the night of a thousand tears was one specific event during the purge is that right all right thanks this is intercontinental tom signing off <laughs> this is um this is one that uh so yeah i don't quite know obviously we saw the siege of mandalore that happens towards the end of the clone wars the night of a thousand tears I almost kind of assumed that that was something post-Rebels after the Mandalorians fight back against the Empire. They're like, oh, you're going to turn against us? Well, we're going to decimate you guys. Uh, I don't know that that's been established or that that's actually the case, but that's kind of what I assumed. What about you, Will? Yeah, that's just what I thought. Um, needless to say I think we are going to see at some point I think that'll all get ironed out and I think we will see you know Mandalore the planet and and some of the planets in the Mandalorian systems and I don't think they're going to be in great shape what do you think Chris what do you think about all this yeah I I don't think they're going to be in any condition at all and yeah I always thought that the Thousand Tears was after Rebels like I don't think we've seen it yet no, no. I think no. I think that is why the Mandalorians are so scattered, right? Because there's pockets mm. of them in Rebels. Like you have Sabine's whole family, and then you have the Mandalorians that have um, sided with the Empire, and then you have, you know, Sabine and stuff. But they seem even more fractured now than they were then. Uh, and... <laughs> Sorry, secret Australian Tom, but back to the Mandalorian episode. There was so much to talk about. Um, Grogu being scared to use his force powers in front of people. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I, I'm dying to know what's happened. Something has, maybe that's, yeah. that's what led to him getting Moff Gideon's attention originally in the first place, whenever that was, was... He used they the force, could use the force, and then they were like jackpot. That could be very yeah. well what's going on. The dark <clears throat> memories, the dark time. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Uh, next up, we got a voicemail from Rick Villanueva. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Hawes and Will and special guest Chris Fresh. How you guys doing? This is your boy Rick. And um, I just came across something on the old uh, the Reddit hive that showed the HK87 droids from today's episode have the insignia of the seventh fleet on the side of their heads, um, which was Thrawn's fleet uh, going back into Rebels and stuff. Now, I don't expect to see Thrawn anywhere in The Mandalorian. Uh, it would take too much away from Din and Groku, still weird. Uh, it would take too much away from, from their story to have him as a big bad, I think. But if we were going to get some more Thrawn action, uh, do you think, you know, it's clear that that's going to be whatever the Rebels sequel is going to be? And, you know, is that something you think is going to be just straight animated? And now that we have a live action Ahsoka, you know, it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility for them to do something like that. Um, but what do you think? Straight animated? Maybe a Legos version? <laughs> uh, Chris? Shout out to Emily. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, they're, they're planting the seeds for something else to happen later on, and my brain has been racing all day from this episode. So I will let you guys get to it. Uh, I love you all. I think you all uh, give us a great show every week, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say. May the force be with you. Yeah, we heard that Lego swipe. You took it, Chris. Yeah, it's pronounced Lego, Rick. You're wrong about that, and you're wrong about Thrawn. I absolutely believe there's a huge chance that Thrawn could show up in The Mandalorian. I think Because too. every time we think something would take away from Din, they, they prove us wrong. Yeah, I do wonder if it's... I don't. I think we may see an appearance, but I do think that like the bulk of Thrawn will get will be in the whatever show spins off from this this episode, right? And I think it'll be live action. I think if if it is a quote unquote rebel sequel, it will be a live action rebel sequel, which is a really interesting approach. Um, well, my I, question to you guys, if that's the case, mm -hmm. and so we've name dropped Grand Admiral Thrawn here at the end of November in 2020. Are you trying to tell me that we won't see him for 18 months? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, they, we gave... Look, buddy. They gave us Boba Fett spurs, and they didn't pay that off for 18 months. Not 18 months. Yeah, but that's not... That wasn't a name drop, dude. That was that's true. like... That is true. That was you doing the most extreme thing of finding a nugget in there of the hardest of hardcores. <laughs> like, this is, this is Ahsoka, Rosario Dawson going... Grand Admiral Thrawn, where's That's your true. master? Like we've like this is a visual cue, saying that this should lead somewhere. Well, have they got something in the chamber that we don't know? I I think they have a lot in the chamber because we haven't seen Dick from these last four episodes and trailers and stuff. You know, like last week's episode was the last episode that contained any footage we saw in tra trailers and stuff. So there is crazy shit ahead in the next three weeks, no doubt. Now, my question with Thrawn in live action is, who plays him, right? 
Like, who do they get to play Thrawn in live action? Isn't it, isn't it Piers Bronson for all you guys that were at Celebration? Now, that that's the, the sort of meme I've seen going around today is, oh, Grand Admiral Brosnan's coming. And <clears throat> just to fill anybody in that might, know, might not know what we're referring to, they did this really impressive mural at Celebration that, you know, had all nine Skywalker movies, Rogue One, Solo, rebels clone wars all in this one big mural and thrawn was in the rebel section and was clearly the artist based <laughs> clearly clear as day the artist based his appearance off of pierce brosnan i don't think that's the worst casting was it like young young golden eye pierce brosnan yes yes it was um i've seen people thrown around benedict cumberbatch i don't uh, think yeah. that's the that's worst drink. That's dream casting, though. Like, yeah. he's incredible. Yeah, well, you know, dream casting in Star Wars has happened. Like, I legitimately feel like people's collective consciousness willed Don Donald Glover into the role of young Lando. So... All right. Well, I don't want anyone else other than Benedict Cumberbatch now that you've said it. So, Let's like, all... I, didn't th I didn't think of him. And he's a million percent perfect. In fact, in Sherlock, which is perhaps my favorite show of all time, he's essentially playing Thrawn. He he doesn't look like Thrawn, but I no I I'm not saying Benedict Cumberbatch. Somebody I'm about to toss out there doesn't look like Thrawn, and I don't even think he exudes Thrawnness. But I just think it would be a funny visual image if the guy who pay, played Benjamin Linus in Lost <laughs> played Thrawn. <laughs> He certainly doesn't look like him. No, no, he doesn't. Um, like Charles Whitmore looks more like <laughs> Thrawn than um, than what Benjamin Linus you know, does. You know who would have made a decent Thrawn if he didn't already show up in this season is Titus Welliver, the man in black from Lost, that was the yeah, Imperial opposite. I, I could see that. I think James Cromwell is too old, but he would he would have been good in his younger mm. days. I think they should cast Will as Thrawn. No, that's a, <laughs> that's a Johnny Grosso. Oh, my God. Role. If Johnny Grosso secretly got cast as Thrawn, A, it wouldn't be a sequel. I'd be so mad. We'd all know. <laughs> we would all know. He wouldn't be able to keep it a secret. Like, the day he got cast, he would quote-unquote subtweet about it, and anybody that knew him would read it and go, did Johnny just get cast as Thrawn? He'd be like, yo, feeling a little blue today. Hashtag secrets. Could, and then could you imagine <laughs> imagine Johnny just trying to play deadpan ten steps ahead of the game? Like impop impossible. I love you, Johnny, but impossible. <laughs> All right. Let's hear from our buddy Jim. Let's hear what his voicemail is about this week. Good evening, Hawes and Will, and good good morning to the man who puts the Chris in Christmas. Oh, I have some percentage questions for you gentlemen this evening. Uh, they're all uh, character questions dealing uh, with the next three episodes. So, all right, uh, my first percentage question is, what, are the, what chance do you think Thrawn is going to show up in these next three episodes all right he just i mean this leads right in from the last question chris yeah, what's your so percentage i'm gonna go 65 will 
It's a, I, it's a good 75, 80. Oh, I'm going 25%. I think they're, I think they're long conning us. I think he will show up. I don't think it'll be this season. All right, okay. let's see what the next percentage question is. Next, what's the chance we're going to see Ezra? What's the chance that we see? Will, what do you think about seeing Ezra? 5% chance. I say I really zero. Think that's really slim. Chris? Yeah, I'm at, I'm at zero. It happens eventually. We will see a live action Ezra, not this not this season. All right, next one. Boba Fett in his full armor by the end of this season. Oh. Now, I thought that that would kind of take more of what's going on, but with three episodes left, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. 15%. I, I missed it. What did Jim say? He was a little low in my headphones. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Boba Fett. <laughs> In the full armor. Zero. Yeah. What do you think, yeah. Will? Yeah, like 5%. Okay. Next up. What are the chances that Grogu gets abducted by the end of the season? 100%. Yeah. 110. You heard it here first and probably there a bunch no of other places. Conflict it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And my last question, the most important one, what do you think the chances that Trapper Wolf is going to see Ahsoka and be all like, hey, Ahsoka, you rock, Ahsoka. All right, guys, you have a great day and ignite that green. Ooh. Remind me who Trapper Wolf is. That's Dave Filoni. That's Dave Filoni's character oh, in The Mandalorian. Oh. Uh, so Jim's one of those Filoni haters. No, I think he's just taking the I piss. see you, Jim. <laughs> I see you, Jim. Um, I, I say 0% because Dave would never do something so egotistical. I just don't think he would. Yeah, I just, yeah I, I'm going to say 0% fully. Like I'm just willing that to not exist because that would be... Too much for even me, who is a Dave Filoni fan. I'm not sure we see Trapper Wolf again this season. No, I think he might be like the... He didn't have a line in the last time he showed up. I don't <laughs> think. No, I don't think he did. No, he it was did. Like a yeah, or a hmm. No, he, he had, he had a, a couple of lines, but we never saw him deliver them. They were audio only when the X-Wings are pulled up next to the Razor Crest. I right. will say, though... I actually don't mind the idea. I know people don't like it. I don't mind the idea of the X-Wings on the outer edges sort of dealing with law problems. No. And one, I, and I really like the fact one of them can see something's going on and the government bigwigs don't want to hear about it or don't want to know about it because they think it's too small of an issue. But he saw this stuff happened once before i think yeah. that was a really cool nice little element it just I sucked agree. because gina carano was in the scene and you were just going get her off yeah but replace it with somebody else from alderan and it's really quite compelling it is yeah, yeah. <clears throat> all right so we're going to get to a couple of emails and then we're going to call it a night and we will catch up with everybody we miss uh next week first up we got an email from kobe kobe Mr. 100 himself. Hey, Halls and Will. Hope you two are doing well. My question this week is a simple one. 
if you had to pick one movie in Star Wars to throw out and completely do, which one would you choose? Just for reference, I think I would choose The Rise of Skywalker and rewrite it so it had a better, more conclusive ending to the saga. Maybe show Rey training new Jedi, or at least just something more than what we got. Uh, oh, and then he has one of his fun, uh, fun what-if concert lineups that we'll have to choose from. We'll do that after we discuss this question. Uh, I'm going to use my psychic powers here. I know Chris's question. Go for it, buddy. Or his answer. Yeah, it, it, it's the rise of Skywalker. Um, I it, it, it there's many adjustments that could be made. I don't want to hate the movie. I just they to for me. I wanted a Skywalker to ascend to the throne, which they sort of set up in the Last Jedi. And how do you deal with him and the First Order, and? Ray sort of finding her own journey as a nobody who becomes a somebody, but at her own will. And yeah, that's what I would like. So uh, my answer is the same. My answer is The Rise of Skywalker. And I enjoy that movie, but I cannot say that I don't have problems with it. And even though it's not my least favorite, it's the one I have the most problems with, if that makes sense. And it probably doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? But that's people are complicated, and that's just how I feel. Um, I think bare minimum, the redo I would do is Ray Palpatine. It's, mm. I personally, and you can listen to 200 plus episodes, was a fan of Ray Nobody. And I think you could have the exact same story. You would lose the element of like, she was born to this evil bloodline, but chose the path of the light side. I don't think you, I don't think you lose anything by excising that. I think it's more powerful if she's Ray, quote unquote, nobody. And I think you could still have her taking the name Skywalker, but I almost feel like they could have done that in a more, impactful way because once again you can listen to plenty of episodes where i thought that would be the outcome was that she wouldn't be a skywalker but she would take the name and um adopting I, the name out of respect and reverence means a whole lot more when your current name isn't so solid you need a new but last name especially right. after she redeems ben right who was about to take a you know, tyrannical rule of the galaxy as a Skywalker, she stops it. Right. And then respectfully takes on the name. Like he could have done that, but yeah, I mean, no, I think, but it is what, look, we got what we got. And I, I think that's the bare minimum thing I would change the biggest thing. You know, there's definitely other changes I would have made. I, I think you could have made that movie 30 minutes longer and e like, smoothed oh, out a lot of the easily, rough edges easily i wouldn't even change palpatine coming back you know yeah yeah now that i've had it it's fine like yeah it's fine that's the thing it's fine it wasn't that's the problem amazing yeah. and that's why i feel like adding to the movie could have made that better but like like we talked about earlier with the final order and the first order like you could remove that element and still have palpatine and still have a easier to understand better story in the end it feels like a choice of all right we really need to bring this thing home let's go with what we know works let's bring old big pop 
you know. Do what we know works. Yeah, and I definitely would have had, um, you know, the storyline that a, people, a lot of people were hoping for of, like, Finn leading a Stormtrooper Rebellion using Whatever. his, you know, experiences leaving the First Order and stuff. I would have had that be more of a thing. Uh, Rose more of a thing. Oh, How do you not without- bring... How do you not bring DJ back? You had Benicio del Toro. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, that is it, weird. Like... I mean, <laughs> once again, uh, bare minimum, bare, absolute bare yeah. minimum. You get rid of Charlie from Lost character and give Rose all his parts, and I, I don't think that's enough. But at the bare minimum, that's something you do. And I have nothing against Charlie from Lost. It's just. Rose could have filled that role and it it would have been great. It would have been perfect, but they didn't go that route. So those are just some of my things. It's going to sound weird, but my redo would be solo. And I really liked solo, but Mm -hmm. I would like to see a tabula rasa redo just to see if it could do better. That way I could get single character star Wars movies. Does that make sense? Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm. Redo it solely to hopefully have it do better at the uh, box office, and then we don't get into this situation where we're waiting until 2023, possibly, for, for a, a new movie. The next, uh, the next saga. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I really like Solo, but that was uh, it was a disaster. Yeah, and I it's hard to place any. For one, I think you the best redo you can do for Solo is move it to the winter of 2018 instead of a couple of weeks before Infinity War or Endgame, whichever one it came yeah, before. Yeah, right. It's supposed to um, compete with one of those. Don't, and, don't you love like the sliding doors moment mm-hmm. of what if, what if mm-hmm. between Force Awakens and The Last Jedi was Solo and Rogue One came out in May like Solo did? I kind of wonder if it would have pre- performed the same way as Solo, right? Yeah. But, it, yeah, and that's what I wonder. And I don't think even in the December or winter time slot of 2018 would have meant we got a $2 billion grossing solo, but it would have done better than it did. I firmly believe that. <clears throat> All right, let's get to his what ifs. So we have to pick which concert from these two we would pref- we would prefer to go to. Concert number one, Iron Maiden, NWA, Celine Dion and the Beatles or constant. <laughs> this one's tough that last e- last week I felt was easy. This one's tough concert two, Megadeth Wu-Tang clan, Whitney Houston and pink Floyd. No way. Easy. <laughs> this is easy. What is it, Chris? What's your answer? Number one, NWA and the Beatles and Iron Maiden. And, and yeah. Yeah. And Celine. This... I haven't seen Titanic, but... I mean, I have to agree. I begrudgingly have to agree that I would sacrifice the Pink Floyd to see hmm. the Beatles. The... In so, NWA. I would love to see Pink Floyd. And I mean, you know, the full version of Pink Floyd, the thing that's never going to happen ever yeah, again. the thing that will never happen ever. I mean, you know, one of them's dead, unfortunately, now. But Roger Waters and David Gilmore are never burying that hatchet. No, um, I've sat, I've, I've sat there and watched Axel and Slash 
together on stage again. That's true. That is a good point. Just saying, when you say never, I'm just saying. Like, yeah. And I think yeah, okay. 10 years ago. Yeah. I saw okay. a Hall and Oates show where they did not speak to one another. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, granted, Axel and Slash, much younger men than the guys in Pink Floyd. But here's the thing. There is a conceivable possibility if things straighten out in the next couple of years that I could see David Gilmore in concert. And when you go see David Gilmore, he plays the David Gilmore Pink Floyd hits. You know what I'm saying? You're going to hear the good shit. And not that the other shit isn't good, but you're going to hear good stuff. It's not, you know, the full-on Pink Floyd experience, but it's possible that I see my favorite member of Pink Floyd playing Pink Floyd songs. The Beatles... Yeah. That's completely impossible at this point. Oh, yeah. So that's the one I would have to choose because you're talking about a scenario where I'm seeing one of my favorite artists that is impossible to see now. Have you guys seen McCartney? No, no. I want to, man. I would. Uh, he, like, he's incredible. I just saw him two years ago, and he didn't even stop for a drink. Like, And you just you get hit, slammed with hit after hit after hit after hit, and you're just like, you're seeing an icon. Oh, my And that's goodness. just one Beatle. Like, yeah, and imagine... That's kind of like what the Elton John show was like. Yeah, yeah, I just saw Elton as well. That's another one I'd love to to go to, see Elton. and That's a... Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think that's a possibility at this point, unfortunately. Because um, yeah. that was his farewell tour, basically, it right? Was, yeah. yeah, it was. All right, we're going to do one more email, and we'll call it a night. This is from Sam. Hey, Halls, Will, and Guest. Hope you all had a relaxing holiday and a great Mando Day on Black Friday. I have been reading from A Certain Point of View Strikes Back recently, and there is a great chapter about General Veers and his probable survival of the Battle of Hoth with no lower half of his body. I've been joking with my friends about him coming back with robot legs, Darth Maul style, and Mando without any context. As more information comes back, my crazy Moff Gideon super soldier serum theory, I wondered what crazy Star Wars theories you all had in the past that your friends made fun of you for act but actually came true. Thanks for the great show and talk to you soon. Sam. Well. Paul's had one about Yoda's uh, baby Yoda's name getting discovered through Ahsoka talking to him through the Force, and I laughed at him just last week, <laughs> and, it and it came true yesterday. So yeah, that that's a big one. Um, I will say, and fortuitous that Chris is on this episode, but last year, right after Celebration, when the Rise of Skywalker trailer debuted and it ended with the Palpatine laughter. We had Chris on, and we were talking, and Chris brought up Johnny's affinity for the Ray as a Skywalker theory that he pushed for years. And he didn't mean she was going to take the name. He meant she was a direct descendant of either Leia or Luke, right? And Chris says, I went back and listened to this because somebody emailed me after the rise of Skywalker about it. And Chris says, what are you going to do if that turns out to be true? And I said, oh, man, he's going to be unbearable. You know, just joking around, right? But I did say, however, I think if she's related to somebody we know, it might be Palpatine. Because why else would they bring her in, bring him back into the movies? I said that, and I feel like I cursed it. 
So. Interesting. I I remember that chat, and I still love the idea of Johnny Grasso having a big parade like the Joker in the 89 <laughs> Batman, where he's on a big float throwing out money going, who do you love? Like, so Johnny, I'm disappointed you didn't get to have that celebration. <laughs> what about you, Will? Did you, Have you had a, a Star Wars theory? Oh, I know one that Will had back in the day, if he doesn't remember. I don't. I don't remember. Do you remember in the lead up to The Force Awakens seeing all the trailers with Finn in it using the lightsaber? And you saying, I think the character Ray is going to turn out to be the Jedi. Oh, yeah. Of the group. Yeah. And that the the trailers were misdirection, which in hindsight did not turn out to work in their favor. That whole marketing, you know, th- that left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths, understandably. But I do remember you positing that theory and me being like, yeah, he might be on to something with that. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that now that you brought it up. Do you have, have uh, you had one, Chris? No, nah, I'm bad at predictions, but I, I do have a statement is I think after talking about the force awakens and the rise of Skywalker is, Hey JJ, enough of the swerves. Yeah. <laughs> that, they don't work out so well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, I feel like, and maybe the, I'll have to explain it to make sense. I feel like sometimes JJ has a little, um, M night Shyamalan syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, where M. Night Shyamalan, yeah, M. Night Shyamalan, like, built his name on the big twist and then sort of chased that sixth sense twist for years afterwards. With every single movie. With and, varying the degrees of success. Yeah. And a, a low rent comparison in wrestling terms would be a gentleman by the name of Vince Russo who gets credited for the attitude era of, like, the crash tv and how exciting you never knew what was going to happen and it was popular for maybe 1998 and 99 <laughs> yeah but he could just never let go of that style of writing and everything he touched after that was just terrible and a disaster and but he kept chasing that if the audience know what's coming i have to do something to make sure that they they don't and they get fooled and sometimes it's okay to just give the people what they want. It is. It is. It makes like, the yeah. subversion more and, acceptable when you do it. Yeah. You do it all the time. Baby Yoda at the end of episode one, great twist. Yes. Yeah. You know, where we didn't know. Um, constant, like, constantly having to trick us, not so great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. And we missed some emails. We will get to them next week. Sorry, guys. We got a lot of them. You know we'll catch up. Uh, Chris, buddy, thank you so much for joining us this week. Absolutely. No, thanks. to It's great being on with you, too. Um, I said, like, I, the only sad thing is being on is that I don't really need to listen. <laughs> um, I, I, I love I love both of you guys. It's an awesome show. You guys are doing great things, and um, I look forward to hearing the rest of your Mando recaps. Um, yeah, and we've got some guests lined up that I think will be pretty fun. Why don't you real quick, in case anybody doesn't know, they should, but they might not, where can everybody find you? Shows, yeah, you can, Twitter. You, you can find me at Twitter at Chris Fresh, C R I S F R E S H, and I'm on Instagram as well. And Geek Dudes, which is my podcast that I do with Dirty Uncle Mitch, 
and Jonesy, um, we pretty much it's a, a little bit like this in not as clever, but um, certainly very laid back, um, very not safe for work, like really not safe for work. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, and we talk about anything, like we do talk geeky stuff, like we're recapping the Mandalorian at the moment because we're excited about it, talk a lot of He-Man and toys and stuff. So give us a listen. You can find us at Geek Dudes and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Dudes. Perfect. And guys, we will catch you next week with our breakdown of um, chapter 14. I'll give you guys a little sizzle about who our guest is. Someone who... Um, I don't know how to put it without making it sound like bad because it's not bad but someone who might have a little bit more of a dissenting opinion about this inter- this uh, ep- season of The Mandalorian who I believe is a big fan of the director of the ne- next episode if I'm correct who it is so we will see you then I'm excited hope you guys are, well, are as well thanks for listening until then this has been Blue Harvest and I'm Hans Burkhart I'm Will Witten. May the force be and with you. And I'm Chris Fresh. Fuck no, you. forget your force be with you. What about me? I'm Chris Fresh. Oh, I <laughs> fucked it up. How'd I fuck up the landing like that? Fuck. <laughs> May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>